everything was new to everybody at the time. We didn't know what to expect or what to do. Uh, once they sent us home uh, from spring training and all of a sudden these protocols, like safety protocols and stuff started coming out. And I'm like, how in the world are we going to do this? You know, it's kind of overwhelming at first. Just like anything else and anything new that happens, you just have to, you know, just get used to it, to adapt to it and change to it. Everybody buckled down and locked it in. You know, you just have to look back and be like, all right, yeah, we, we did it. Yeah, under uh, like a pandemic circumstances, you know, we were still able to play baseball. and It was, uh, it was something I won't forget, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, I think any kind of shared experience, can help when you're a coach and we've got a couple guys with experience in it but in the end uh when that ball tips up it's all about those guys on that court you know you got to get them ready but they got to be able to handle the pressure um they've got to be able to play through adversity uh they've got to be consistent over three days one thing i always do share with them there's no more fun in basketball well i say that there's not much more fun in basketball than winning in St. Louis. I had a chance to talk to Tariq Cohen. He said that the entire city of Chicago right now believes that there is something more that this team needs to do still. The hunger is certainly there. Baseball is a funny game. If it bounces your way, we might be able to make some hay this year. We're looking to take another step forward. We're still building for the future. That doesn't stop all of us from coming to the ballpark every day, preparing and trying and wanting to win that night, that day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's been a guy who obviously is well-respected, who's had a long, successful career up until this point, and that the one thing he was missing before Sunday was that Super Bowl win. So now he's got it. I think, you know, if, if he wasn't already in the, the Hall of Fame as a coach, I think this kind of gets him well on his way to, to getting that. I think days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. As a player, I want Redbirds fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself. I will talk to anybody and I just make everybody around me better. Well, it's been an exciting offseason. I think the Bulls have high hopes. New head coach has been making sure they understand how to win games and how to turn around the continental losing. I think rookie Patrick Williams is a very impressive rookie to watch and Who knows, maybe it could be Rookie of the Year. I think he's the perfect fit for any franchise, but especially for the Cubs. They saw something there about it with a guy that wasn't necessarily a flamethrower, but a real technician. Was not only that, but a super competitor. And I think it's a great deal for Kyle Hendricks. He called it a life decision. Tantara, he's a star. I mean, he was going viral every single day in summer camp for something that he was doing. I mean, the way he's sitting on those low-breaking balls, I mean, he's, he's he's putting swings on balls that rookies don't do. You never had that same core group, so that that's going to sting. And they're not losing a ton of guys. This team, they're going to be projected, you know, could be top three, top four in the Big Ten again. And this time, though, it's not going to be a surprise. They're going to have a target on their back because they, they beat a lot of the top teams last year, and so they're going to be gunning for them. There's always tension between the players and the owners. As early as 1890s, the players started their own players' league. So players and management differences are nothing new. My wife and kiddos uh, – my oldest is seven, and another one's five, and so they're getting to be where they can, you know, kind of put their input and, you know, they, of what city they like, and my wife to be comfortable, too, with where we're going, because she's part of this journey as well. And I am a free agent, and I, I haven't decided yet this uh, for this upcoming season. And 
you know, it's a little bit being in the off season, it's a little bit nerve wracking getting prepared and not having a team, but, but it is what it is. You know, I'll just uh, keep enjoying the ride. As long as somebody wants me, I'll, I'll definitely be playing somewhere. Hey, this is Nate Jones, major league baseball player. Hey everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score and ISU Redbird alum. Hey everybody, Marcus Grant. Hey, this is Alex Dolaner. Hey Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. Now time. Now time. It's now time. It's now time for the fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 57th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farrell here with you on December 21st, 2020, welcoming listeners to the 57th episode and the special third anniversary edition of Will's 5th Quarter Special. I'm your host for this special edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk where we're celebrating three years at Will's 5th Quarter Special since its debut on December 21st, 2017 when we debuted with our pilot episode one so happy three years to wills fifth quarter special and we appreciate all your continued support as well from all the fans we appreciate that i'm your host for this special three-year anniversary edition of the fifth quarter sports talk where we have some really great things to talk about wills fifth quarter trivia will sports movie moment some debut guest appearances and one that is the biggest interview ever done historically in wills fifth quarter special history So now we're headed into the opening segment of the show everyone enjoys. There are many types of well-known trivia out there, but this new trivia will blow you away. It's Will's 5th Quarter Trivia. This segment is all about the history of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk here at Will's 5th Quarter Special. From guessing who appeared for an episode, an episode number, and more in the history of this sports podcast is up for grabs. The trivia history question will be announced, and following the episode, you can follow along on our social media on Facebook and Twitter at William D. Farlow, our Snapchat, WillFarlow44, and our Instagram, Will's Fifth Quarter Special, for clues as they are released following the first clue and the question here on the episode. And our Facebook Lives and other live content will also feature the Will's Fifth Quarter trivia question, the clues as they unfold getting you ready in time for the answer reveal. You can also check it out at our YouTube channel. Just search Will's 5th Quarter Special. Free subscriptions are appreciated. You can also check out the new official Will's 5th Quarter Trivia promo video on our Facebook profile at William D. File and at our YouTube channel. Just search Will's 5th Quarter Special. Time for new fans and other Will's 5th Quarter Special listeners to get ready. The 5th Quarter has just begun as here is your 7th ever Will's 5th Quarter Trivia Question. And you're going to have to find the episode number to get this correct. Which episode featured coverage of the Chicago Bulls rebuild? So there is the 7th ever Will's 5th Quarter Trivia Question. The first hint to the 7th ever Will's 5th Quarter Trivia Question is the name Brian Farlow. So for those fans that are new to Will's 5th Quarter Trivia, you can check it out in the promo video. fills you in a little more. gives you a visual of it as well. There is a walkthrough video for fans that are new to this. Now I do know it's a new style of trivia. Sports trivia has been done the same way for a long time. And this is a new style of trivia that's uh, taking the stage. It's still in its early stages, but seven times the charm. Lucky number seven, hopefully. And I want to reach out to all the fans. We appreciate you, and I understand the uh, confusion of it at first. But we really hope you try Wheels Fifth Quarter Trivia this time. And, you know, give us a comment in the comment sections of all Wheels Fifth Quarter Trivia posts pertaining to this question on the Facebook profile, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. You can snap us an answer as well. And... Given that it's Christmas, we are going to 
reveal the answer a little bit after. So I'll announce a little more info on that uh, in the upcoming uh, social media videos pertaining with the seventh ever Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia Question. So we wish you all the best of luck with the Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia Question, and uh, we look forward to seeing what you can come up with. So now we're heading into the not one, but two interview part of the show. For the third year anniversary, we do for every anniversary, we take it up a notch. And this year, we did just that here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special. So I'm going to start by mentioning the first interview. And this is a first in Will's Fifth Quarter Special history. And it's somebody that is very well known in the sports world. He's played for many years in Major League Baseball. He was a relief pitcher. He played uh, college ball in Kentucky. He's from Kentucky and got drafted by the Chicago White Sox in 2007 and played many seasons with the White Sox until he went over to Texas for a little while. Fought through injuries and played real well for the White Sox and the Rangers in his career. And then he played last year in a pandemic-shortened season very well for his hometown Cincinnati Reds. So Will's fifth quarter special is proud and honored to debut the guest appearance of MLB pitcher Nate Jones. So Nate Jones joined us here on Will's fifth quarter special to talk about what inspired him to become a baseball player what individuals have helped him out throughout his career, and what his favorite pitch is. You know, every, Nate mentions all about that, and he goes into detail on the player's side of going through a pandemic-shortened season and what that experience was like for him. And he mentions uh, where he thinks he might go in free agency. He doesn't give the details, but he, he tells us who helps him with the decision process and uh, shows a very interesting side uh, that fans don't see. So here's my interview with Major League Baseball pitcher Nate Jones. So Nate Jones, former White Sox reliever, recently with the Cincinnati Reds, and someone that's really good on the mound in his Major League career, is joining us for the first time in Wilson Corps Special. Nate, we appreciate your time. And uh, I just want to start with an opening question that can – Help our fans of Will's Fifth Quarter Special learn a little bit, little bit more about you as a player and a person. What inspired you to become a major league pitcher? Was there someone in your life that really inspired that uh, passion you have for the game? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me on. It's a, definitely an honor and a privilege to be on the podcast with you. But, uh, you know, that's a very good question. Uh, baseball was something that – you know, from a young age that I just kind of grew a love for, you know, I uh, loved being outdoors. I loved uh, playing any kind of sport, but it just so happens that I, I was uh, halfway decent at playing baseball, but, uh, you know, I grew up with uh, two older brothers and an older sister. And, you know, we always had there, I always had somebody to play with no matter what, either in the side yard or, uh, you know, playing catch with my dad and then when my dad wasn't there you know my mom would even play catch with me so it was a family affair to get that to get that love growing and uh, to get me you know better at each stage of the game and uh you know that was something that i always cherish is all that family time and uh you know and as uh as the i guess the talent grew and the stage of the baseball game grew uh, you know Teaching me the fundamentals coming up through Little League and the Ted League. I had a, a lot of extremely knowledgeable coaches and in high school when I was playing junior junior varsity and varsity ball and then on my way to college when I really started figuring out what the heck was going on because, you know, in college you have everybody's 
best pitcher. You have everybody's best shortstop. And uh, um, so that was uh, pretty neat to kind of develop and learn exactly what I needed to do to try to, you know, compete in that world. And um, and then once you get once you get drafted, or once I got drafted, you know, you're thrown into the, the, another realm of everybody's best college player is on your team and on the other team. And so, uh, you know, there's some rough roads in the minor leagues, you know, the grind of the minor leagues, but it was, uh, you know, it was all worth it in the end. It's all been so blessed with what has happened. And there's a lot of people along the way that have helped me develop and become, uh, you know, the baseball player and, you know, the man that I am today, that's for sure. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned, I think, is something that's very important is uh, the love of the game. And that's, I think, is present with any sport, but especially the game of baseball, one of America's most well-known and historic pastimes. And you mentioned coaches. Uh, going through the minor leagues, you know, I'm sure that's a challenge a lot of baseball fans don't see from your end. So what was that like, you know, working on uh, your pitching approach? And was there maybe a favorite pitch that you have that you developed even more um, before coming up with the White Sox in the major leagues? Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, a couple of the White Sox coaches that played for the White Sox, uh, Bobby Thigpen, uh, he was the bullpen coach a while while I was there uh, playing in Chicago. And uh, he was also, while I was coming up, he was the, the, one of my coaches in the minor leagues a couple times and manager and pitching coach and stuff like that. But he had a lot uh, a lot to do with my, you know, the mechanical side and getting my timing right to, you know, to be able to perform at each level I was at. And, you know, sometimes there's, you know, it is a grind. You're on the road, you're traveling in buses, and uh, and, it, and it is a grind. He also helped with, like, the mentality aspect of it. But, like, hey, you have to stick with it. You are better than these guys. Like, you, you can get these guys out, you know. Because you, you, sometimes at some points you question yourself, do I belong? And, you know, he was right there with me. Uh, give me that support. And another one uh, that's been with the White Sox for a long time was J.R. Purdue. He was my double-A pitching coach that really uh, kind of got me locked in on what type of pitcher that I was, you know, uh, at the time. And, and then that was a, a power pitcher. And so along with that, you know, power pitchers usually throw hard. So uh, my favorite pitch was obviously, obviously my fastball. And, uh, you know, just growing confidence and throwing that for strikes and throwing that and, uh, you know, up and in or up to get guys swinging and missing. And then uh, he also helped with the developing the pitch of my uh, – or making my pitch of the slider even better. And that, you know, the combination of throwing hard and throwing a hard slider worked pretty well for me. And, uh, you know, he was the one to get me on track with that. and Being able to attack hitters with everything, you know, being able to – once they kind of locked in on your fastball, being able to recognize that and to be able to throw a slider to get them off of that or, you know, pitch them backwards, throw sliders first and then finish them with fastballs. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of a lot of people that helped along the way, a lot of knowledge that I learned, that's for sure, just coming from a small town in Kentucky here. I didn't have access to that, but, you know, I'm fortunate enough that the trail that I did go down, it uh, led me to all those people that had the knowledge and that I could – get some of the answers too. So, but yeah, I'd say love throwing a fastball. Uh, and then I love, you know, I love throwing fastballs all the time and I love striking people out with sliders. So those are a couple of the pitches that were 
in my repertoire, I would say. Yeah, no, definitely. And just to let the Wilson Court special fans know that are just learning about you or do know about you as a player, Nate, 8-0 and amazing rookie season record with the White Sox when you came up with the club over in 2012. Very mm-hmm. consistently fought through injuries and really came through in game situations for the Chicago White Sox. This past year, you got to go home. Uh, a little bit closer yeah. to home, and just first, what was that like, you know, not having to go too far from home and uh, being able to play for uh, the Cincinnati Reds last year? Yeah, no, it was a definitely definitely blessed that I got to do that. You know, uh, it was tough becoming a free agent for the first time last offseason, and the only thing I really knew was the White Sox. You know, I got traded to the Rangers, but I was hurt, and so I didn't you know, really get to be involved or play or anything for the Rangers. But the White Sox were the only thing that I knew, and I was so fortunate for my time there. And, you know, I've already talked about, like, what I learned there, so just some of what I've learned there. Uh, uh, but, yeah, to be able to come to the Cincinnati Reds, my wife and I discussed with the teams that were involved uh, in the free agency last year, and we came down to realize that not everyone gets this opportunity. Not everyone gets this opportunity to play from home and for their hometown team. And so, you know, we uh, once we set our mind to that, you know, we kind of we didn't look back. We enjoyed every moment of it, even though that, you know, no fans were allowed at the stadiums or anything like that. That was kind of a bummer, but uh, we still we still enjoyed it. It was awesome being able to come home. Uh, and sleep in your own bed at night and uh, to be with your family as much as possible because that, you know, part of the grind on the season too on the, all those road trips, 10, 11, 12-day road trips that you're gone and stuff like that. But to be able to be home and have that opportunity to play from home, that was that was kind of special. So I enjoyed it a bunch. I think that's definitely something. We've seen a lot of players go home and be able to, and uh, not just play in front of their friends and family, but it, it brings a good level of comfort as well. Um, one of the things a lot of fans are one baseball fans, Will's fifth quarter special fans, Nate, take us through what last season was like. It probably goes down for a lot of players. Is probably what will be the most interesting season you've probably played before in your career. So kind of take us through what playing in that shortened season was like and how you felt the league did a – and the Reds did a, a really good job keeping you guys safe and uh, able to compete still at the same level you like to. Yeah, absolutely. At first, I mean, once you – everything was new to everybody at the time. We didn't know what to expect or what to do or anything like that. And then uh, once they sent us home uh, from spring training and then after, you know, the MLB and the uh, Players Association started picking up steam on starting – a season and all of a sudden these protocols like safety protocols and stuff started coming out and I'm like how in the world are we going to do this you know it's kind of overwhelming at first and just like anything else and anything new that happens you just have to you know just get used to it to adapt to it and change to it and uh, you know and that's what we did in the Reds organization I mean did a wonderful job at that at keeping everybody safe and uh, you basically had to get the mindset of like one day at a time because there was, you know, there was a lot of, I wouldn't say hoops. There's a lot of those safety protocols that we had to go through and like with just testing and temperature checks and the mask mandates and 
where we, I mean, MLB have broken it down to how many people can be in the on the bench during the game, and they set up an extra uh, seating area in the stands because there's no fans there for players, the extra players on the bench and starting pitchers, and it was just a. Uh, it was definitely interesting to say the least, but I mean, we have to look back and kind of be proud of it. Like we, we got to play, you know, so be it just 60 games. We got to play 60 games and we got in a world series, like the Dodgers won the championship. And so, you know, at the beginning you were like, there's no chance that was going to happen that we were going to be able to make it to a world series. But you know, everybody, Everybody buckled down and locked it in. There's a couple of obviously outbreaks with the Marlins and the Cardinals, but that was able to be contained and they were able to make the games up. There were most of them that they could. And, you know, you just have to look back and be like, all right, yeah, we, we did it. Yeah, under uh, like a pandemic circumstances, you know, we were still able to play baseball. And uh, it, was, uh, it was something I won't forget, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's incredible, even being on the other side of the baseball fan, like so many, just being able to stay safe, as you mentioned, is mm-hmm. really important. A lot of credit to Major League Baseball, and especially your, the team you were with recently, the Reds organization, all the teams that did what they could to keep you guys safe. Uh, now, you've mentioned how much the White Sox meant to you earlier in your career, Nate. You got to play them at Great American Ballpark during that yeah. season. So I have to ask, what was that like to face uh, – the team that drafted you uh, for the first time with the Reds last year. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, you know, I kind of uh, had that date circled a little bit on the calendar just because uh, you know, I have a lot of friends there still in the White Sox organization, and, you know, they saw the, that they were coming in town, and I think they were coming in town. So that was it was a pretty uh, neat experience, and, uh, you know, I was, you know, ex- you know excited to see all the – all the guys from the White Sox, but yeah, it was definitely, uh, I wouldn't say nerve wracking. I was, you know, it's definitely a little bit more excitement facing those guys, uh, especially Tim Anderson. Heck, he was, uh, he was on fire again this year. And I think he had hit one or two home runs. I think he maybe already hit two home runs in the game. And I had faith, I was facing him towards the end of the game there. And luckily got him to pop up, but, uh, no, it was, uh, it was cool to see, and it was a cool feeling to have. And uh, you know, it was cool to see that the White Sox were do, did so well, obviously, this past year. And you know, I think it's just going to get better for them over the next couple of years. They're putting together one heck of a squad, that's for sure. But yeah, when they came into town, it was something special. You know, it, I spent, I got drafted in '07 and left in '19, so I spent 12, 12 years, 13 seasons with them, and. So that's over a third of my life was with the White Sox. So uh, it was it was something it was something special. And again, that that series there will probably be something I'll never forget too. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, you know just looking at that matchup myself, you guys played them real tight. The Reds and the White Sox had a pretty good series. And you know you're going into an off season right now, Nate, that I'm sure is really interesting. You know, a lot of teams are cutting back on payroll, and I'm I'm not going to ask what team you're going to because it's probably not something that's easy to say in this situation, but you mentioned how, when you were looking, um, you know, at the Reds with family, trusting family and uh, the advice of your loved ones, do you see that as uh, something that can continue to help you uh, make a decision this off season on where you're headed next? Well, yeah, absolutely. My wife and kiddos, uh, 
My oldest is seven and another one's five. And so they're getting to be where they can, you know, kind of put their input or, you know, they, of what city they like and stuff like that. You know, they haven't been to all the cities or nothing like that. But, you know, we let them have their input. But, yeah, definitely I want my wife to be comfortable, too, with where we're going because she's part of this journey as well. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, I'll, we rely heavily on each other going back and forth and, uh, what each city provides and things like that. But to answer your little question, maybe, but yeah, I am a free agent and I, I haven't decided yet uh, this uh, for this upcoming season. And, you know, it's a little bit being in the off season, it's a little bit nerve wracking, getting prepared and not having a team. But <laughs> but it is what it is. You know, I'll just uh, keep enjoying the ride as long as somebody wants me. I'll I'll definitely be playing somewhere. That's for sure. Well, yeah, we at Wilson Sports Special Nate, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. This is a show that's for the average sports fan, and we wish you nothing but the best um, and happy holidays because it is close to the holidays. Um, mm-hmm. But we're just grateful to have you here with us. This is our three-year anniversary episode, um, three years celebrating fifth quarter sports talk, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best um, with the holiday season coming up and. Uh, the next steps through uh, what's already been a pretty good pitching career for you. So we appreciate your time and uh, nothing but the best for you moving forward. All right, man. I, I appreciate uh, having me on. Like you said, thank you very much and happy holidays to everybody out there too. So that was some good insight from our debut guest appearance, MLB pitcher Nate Jones, and we really appreciate having him on the fifth quarter sports talk. It was a really good time having him join us here on this special edition of Will's fifth quarter special. And, a lot of good things to say, you know, it's definitely interesting to see a player's perspective of things. You know, fans, we always see one side of things, players see the other, and see a little bit of the fan side as well from their loved ones and people around them, but it's just interesting to hear some of the things he talked about. As a fan, you never think about it sometimes, and it just really opens your eyes to even more of the beauty of the game of baseball and how pitchers go about their business and do such an incredible job in the league. So now we're going to head into our second interview of episode 57, the third year anniversary edition of Will's fifth quarter special. And it's the youngest guest appearance we've ever had on Will's fifth quarter special. Someone very close to me. He's uh, my godfather's son and I'm big brother Will to him. He and I have a brother-like relationship and I'm like a mentor to him. And he is a very big Bulls fan. He's really into sports stuff, is a big fan of Will's fifth quarter special when he first heard about it when it started. And he's debuting on the show as well. So he's the second guest appearance to debut uh, of the two on Will's fifth quarter special and he's coming on to talk Chicago Bulls with me so Donnie Carlson is coming on really knows his sports stuff and he's uh joining us at Will's fifth quarter special to help me talk about the Chicago Bulls get you ready for the uh, Bulls season opener on Wednesday new head coach revamp front office, young uh, rookie that could play the small forward position, and where the Bulls might go uh, against the Atlanta Hawks in a few days. Donnie's going to help me talk about that, where he thinks the Bulls are, and where they could head in the upcoming season. So here's the interview with Donnie Carlson. So Donnie Carlson, my godfather's son, someone who's always been like a little brother to me, making his debut guest appearance on Will's fifth quarter special on this special interview that is a part of the three-year anniversary episode. Donnie, how you doing, man? Your, your first time here on Will's Court Special. How you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm excited. Thank you for letting me be on here, and it means a lot. So thank you. We're going to talk to Chicago Bulls, who are 
uh, very appreciative, and the eyes of Bulls fans as well are appreciative. They, they had to make some changes during the 2019-2020 season. Just to recap some of the Wills, of course, special fans here. They have a new front office. They have a new coach. They made some changes in the roster as well. And let's open up here. What do you what do you think of what the Bulls did this offseason, going into the preseason? You know, you draft Patrick Williams fourth overall. You bring in a new coach in Billy Donovan, a new front office that seems like they know what they're doing. What were your thoughts of the Chicago Bulls offseason? Well, it's been an exciting offseason. I think the Bulls have high hopes. New head coach has been making sure they understand how to win games and how to turn around the continental losing. And they're ready to work with the Bulls roster, I believe. I think rookie Patrick Williams is a very impressive rookie to watch. And who knows, maybe he could be rookie of the year. He had a very good game against the Thunder in the preseason. And lots more to come from Patrick Williams, I believe. Yeah, no, Patrick Williams is a really good player. Uh, just to update Wilson, of course, special fans, he was picked fourth overall. The Bulls did make a pick in the second round, but he is a draft stash overseas. And as well, fans should know, the one lone bull signing that was done in the offseason, along with Chicago native Devin Dotson, who is still with the club on a two-way contract. The Bulls also brought in Garrett Temple, veteran shooting guard, really good shooter. He did have COVID-19 for a little while, so we're going to see what happens with that. Noah Vonley was brought in, another Chicago native, Illinois native, but he was released as he tested positive for the coronavirus. So it was a good offseason. But, Donnie, the Bulls had a very good preseason, just looking at the record here, three and one record. Now, we're going to get we'll score special fans ready because the Bulls season starts in a few days. You know, new coach, players making their rookie debuts for the Bulls roster, players entering contract situations that are going to impact their future. We're going to paint fans a picture here. So what do you think of Billy Donovan as a coach? How do you think Billy Donovan as the Bulls coach is a better situation than what we had in the past with Jim Boyle? And then how do you feel this can help the Bulls in a positive way with the roster they have? Well, I think he's going to be an exciting coach, and I think um, he's going to help to understand how to win games. And I think last year they had trouble maintaining leads, and they would always boil it to the fourth quarter. But I think this year they're going to learn how to maintain leads, and they're going to win big games, and it's going to be exciting. I think he's going to be a great new head coach. Yeah, one of the things that Billy Donovan talks about that I like the most is player development. And that's something we hear with our new executive, the Chicago Bulls, and that amazingly revamped front office. Great job by Ryan Zorstek putting all that together and, you know, the way they did it this offseason. It's great. Guys, Bulls fans excited the way they should be. He's a coach that knows what he's doing. And it's connected with our tourists in that way where our tourists believe in strong player development, having that basis together. And I think it's a good match. I think Billy Donovan has a good style. It seems like in the preseason he's helped Larry Markkinen a lot. His gameplay has uh, Wendell Carter shooting a little more comfortably in the post, but also his three-point percentage was not the best, but he's still taking those shots. He's a little worried about it in his first few years. That happens with younger players. they got to get more quiet and comfortable. Patrick Williams looks really good from what I saw in the preseason, as you mentioned, Donnie. He's going to be used in a lot of different ways. He's a 3 and D player, so that's kind of what you see on the wing. A guy that can play maybe even point guard if you need him to, if he's a good passer, or the shooting guard rule, small forward or power forward. Patrick Williams, to me, seems like that type of player that fits into a possible shooting guard to power forward role. Has really good size, and I think he's a small forward in the future for the Bulls, but Kid can play. You were talking about how they face Oklahoma City, and that was his first start in uh, the NBA, even though it was preseason action. It was one of those games against Oklahoma City. And Billy Donovan just praised Patrick Williams for how well he played in that situation, and 
you know, people are going to ask, does he fit in the lineup this year? Well, we don't know about that yet. We'll have to see. So, Donnie, tell me what you're thinking about the Bulls going into the season. What are your thoughts post-preseason as the season just starts in a few days? What are you thinking about the Bulls and how they might do this season? Tell me what you think about the Bulls roster going into the year. I think Patrick Williams is a great rookie. Kobe White had a very great game against the Thunder in the preseason, scoring 27 points. And with the new great head coach, I really think this team's going to – it had an exciting offseason, and this team could be a playoff team, and I am excited to watch him. I'm glad you mentioned Kobe White. What do you think about how he's fitting as a starting point guard alongside Jack Levine, and then you have Larry Markman and Wendell Carter Jr. in the front court? possibly a Patrick Williams or an Otto Porter starting at small four. What do you think of that type of lineup Billy Donovan might show in the season opener in a few days? Do you think that could be a possible lineup, or do you see it being put together differently? I could see it being a possible lineup. I trust the lineup, and I think it will be successful throughout the season. So if you had to take it one through five, where what players would you put in the Bulls lineup on Wednesday night? Zach Levine, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, Lowry and Wendell Carter Jr. It's a good one through five. We're going to head into Donnie next, a matchup that features two young teams. The Chicago Bulls, as we mentioned, and you talked about it, a new head coach that could take them to the playoffs. It is a possibility that Bulls fans are hoping for with what Billy Donovan has done with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Obviously, president from what he did and a previous job over there in Oklahoma City as their head coach last year when, you know, they played in the bubble. Very impressively, CP3, Shea Gilgis, Stephen Adams at the time, all those great players. And uh, what do you really review with that team over there? Develop some of these those players and please do that for the Bulls. But assistant coaches as well, Maurice Chief, a lot of different pieces they brought in that are really going to help. This matchup against Atlanta, two young teams, very talented. But, Donnie, you and I were talking about it. Trey Young is an exciting player. He's a generational talent, really amazing three-point shooter. And the Atlanta Hawks added some players. Bogdanovich is a player they added. They added former Chicago Bull Chris Dunn. They have Cam Reddish. They have DeAndre Hunter. They got a strong power forward, and then they got Clint Capella. What do you think about the Bulls facing Atlanta in Game One? What do you uh, What do you think of that matchup, and how do you think the Bulls could do? Well, I do believe they are two young teams, and I think I trust the Bulls roster with how they're going to start it um, throughout the season opener. I do think Trey Young can make shots in the clutch moments, and he's a very good point guard. And I think this could be a very good game, and I could see the Bulls winning this. But it should be exciting. So, Donnie, we're going to make predictions here for the fans two ways here. What are your predictions for the Bulls season opener? No fans in the stands for most pretty much NBA games for a while. What are your predictions for the Bulls against Atlanta? What do you see happening in this matchup to open the season for the Bulls? I think Patrick Williams will actually have a really good rookie start to the season. I think Kobe White will be good in the starting point guard position, and I do believe they will win this game. I think it's going to go to overtime, and I think they'll win by two points. What's your final score? I'm going to say 101 to 99. Who gets the winning shot for the Bulls? I'm going to say Kobe White. Kobe White, okay. We'll see, of course, special fans will like that. So mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about predictions for the season. It's early on, Donnie. We talked about it, revamp front office. This is stuff Bulls fans have been waiting years to have happen. No more John Paxson and Gar Foreman. The Gar Paxson era is over in Chicago. Jim Boylan is out the door. They have new assistant coaches along with Chris Fleming under a new and experienced head coach that even Joe Kim Noah, former Chicago Bull play for, and um, vouches for, uh, for the Chicago Bulls head coach role in Billy Donovan. You have a young NBA roster, good veteran players, 
Bulls have a really good team the way it looks on paper. Donnie, predict for Will Secor special fans. What are your predictions for the Bulls season? And give us, if you can, a projected record finish for the Bulls that you have for them early on at this point. Where do you predict the Bulls going this year, and where do you see them finishing? Well, I do think it was an exciting offseason, and I actually do believe they could be a playoff team. And I could see a record of 42-40 and 40 and possibly getting the last seed for the playoffs and making it. So you have them squeaking in as a seventh seed or a seed projected? Where do you have them seed-wise? If you, you just mentioned you have them in the playoffs. Where do you have them uh, fitting in the seeds? I'll probably say a seventh seed. Okay. I'm going to give my prediction on this one. I think the Bulls, like I mentioned, really good roster. They are going to be facing in their division Cleveland. Milwaukee did just sign Giannis Antetokounmpo to a uh, very big historic extension for their franchise. They brought in, you know, after subtracting players like Eric Bledsoe, they did bring in Drew Holiday, who's very talented. They are bringing in some other players as well to their roster. So they have talent in the division that the Bulls are going to be facing. Pacers are still pretty good as well. Can't discount Oladipo and Demontis Sabonis over there, along with Mount Stern. they got a really good team over there as well in Indiana. So the Bulls are going to have competition in the division. So I think it is going to be interesting. I do think Billy Donovan takes this young team to the next level they are at. They have a lot of potential, and we didn't see a lot of that with Jim Boylan. We need to see that this year, and I think Billy Donovan is able to make that possible. Play development's a key to that, and that's what he's doing. We obviously saw what he could do in the preseason. The Bulls finished preseason 3-1. So, Donnie, my finish for the Bulls, I'm going to have them doing very well against the East and West Conference teams throughout the NBA. I've been finishing at 52-30. and 30. So, my prediction for Chicago Bulls, a projected record of 52-30 and 30 on the year. And I have them going into the playoffs as a four seed. I have there being a little bit of a tiebreaker, uh, hypothetically, it was in one of their division rivals. I'm not going to say who yet. Uh, might be for a future episode here. But I do have them going into the playoffs. What are your closing thoughts about the Bulls right now? What do you think Bulls fans will expect to see from this young team with a lot of potential, a new coach at the helm? But, Donnie, this is a Bulls team that really needs to show that potential at this point. So what do you think Bulls fans can expect to see starting Wednesday night from this newly run Chicago Bulls team? I think the new head coach is going to make sure, like, they understand how to win games, and I think he'll be doing some good coaching out there, and I think it's going to help them win the game. Donnie Carlson, we appreciate your time joining us. This is your first time with some of the course special, and a special episode as well, and you have been like a little brother to me, man. Always will, and it's been a pleasure having you on Wilson course special, and we hope to have you on again soon, man. Thank you. It means a lot. So that was some really good insight from now the youngest ever guest appearance in the history of Wills with Core Special and uh, Bulls fan and expert Donnie Carlson. It was really good hearing what he had to say about the Bulls and uh, his positive vibes about the new coach Billy Donovan, uh, rookie Patrick Williams, and uh, where he thinks the team could go. Really good projections. And it just goes to show anything could happen in the game of sports. You know, we talked about it today baseball, basketball, doesn't matter what sport it is. Anything can happen, and we always talk about it on the show, and I am going to say it again, Wills for the Core Special fans, expect the unexpected. That's three key words that always are in my mind when watching any type of sports game, talking about it or sharing my sports opinions, as always, with each and every one of you Wills for the Core Special fans, as we always have for three years now on Wills for the Core Special. Now we're headed into the favorite ending segment of the show everyone enjoys. It's Wills Sports Movie Moment. 
We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-host, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can now hop onto the podcast Facebook profile and Twitter page at William D. Farlow and post their own sports movie moment favorite for a chance to have it read on future Will's fifth quarter specials. So we have our debut guest appearance, Donnie Carlson, who uh, loves Will's sports movie moment, is a big fan of the segment, and we're going to let him go first. So here is Donnie Carlson's first Will's sports movie moment choice. Well, my sports movie favorite has got to be Rocky IV, and the reason for this is it's like Rocky going into Russia, and he probably got nervous fighting Drago in Russia, and it kind of makes me think it's like the Bulls making the playoffs. Like, I don't know, all those good teams out there, it's going to be tough. But, like, you, there's a thing called upsetting teams, and I think the Bulls can do that. So that's how I would refer to it. It's a great Will Sports movie moment choice by Donnie Carlson, our debut guest appearance here on Will's Fifth Quarter Special. And now I'm going to get into mine, and it connects to baseball. Donnie already made the comparison with the Bulls, so I'm – going to go in the realm of baseball and it's the movie the sandlot and i'm going to talk about a scene where it's benny the jet rodriguez and he's you know he's going to uh his house and you know he he sees scott smalls and you know someone that doesn't have a lot of friends um just moved to a new town and uh getting to know people is very shy and uh scott doesn't understand the game of baseball too well and, you know, he needs to learn it properly. Didn't play too well in front of those guys. He didn't know made a fool of himself the way he felt. You know, he felt foolish. And, uh, you know, he just wanted to make some friends. He's a kid, so he wanted to make some friends. And Benny the Jet Rodriguez, as he's known, or Benny, um, who lives nearby him, takes him under his wing, becomes like a, a best friend to him and a mentor over time. And he the, the scene is when they're uh, playing catch, you know, uh, the, as the Sandlot guys usually would in the Sandlot. And it's the scene where Benny's uh, going to him and says, you ever throw, uh, you ever have a paper route? And uh, he says, oh, Scott says, oh, I helped an old guy once. So he said, you know, he was trying to show him how to throw the baseball properly and how to catch it. And then it goes to the scene where he does catch the ball. You know, he's able to throw it to the pitcher Nunez and they're just playing. And, you know, him and Benny have that connection. And I think it compares to, what our debut guest appearance earlier on in the show, MLB Major League Baseball pitcher Nate Jones talked about as who helped him uh, throughout his career and still has to this point. You know, he talked about when he was a child. He talked about when he was growing up and learning the game of baseball. His mom and dad were a big part of it. Uh, his siblings he would play catch with, even his mom and stuff. So it was a very um, family supportive environment he's had throughout his career and how a lot of coaches he had with the Chicago White Sox and, uh, you know, coaches with the Reds, a lot of very well-respected individuals to him have really helped him. And I think it compares really well to Nate and what he talked about, you know, how the idea of having the right people around you to help you uh, and guide you to something you want to do and uh, fulfill those uh, goals and expectations that you have is really important. So I think, this scene in the Sandlot, Benny, the Jet Rodriguez, and uh, how he helped Scott Smalls really compares to what Major League Baseball pitcher Nate Jones talked about with us and uh, who's helped him along the way. So if you haven't seen the Sandlot, hopefully you have. Wheels, of course, special fans. But uh, don't be shy. Go uh, check out the Sandlot. It's uh, on 
Netflix, Disney Plus. You can view it anywhere, buy the DVD in any type of store. Really good holiday gift. So there is my Will's Sports Movie Moment choice. That is all the time we have in episode 57, the third anniversary edition of Will's 5th Quarter Special. Tune in next time as we will continue to cover all collegiate sports along with Illinois State Redbird Athletics and our Redbird Sports Updates along with all other things collegiate sports as they continue to unfold. We will continue to cover the Chicago Bears regular season as it continues to unfold as the Bears are nearing the end of their regular season. We will also continue to cover the Chicago Bulls as they begin their 2020-2021 regular season Wednesday and how that continues to unfold as well. We will also continue to cover the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox offseason as it unfolds. So I want to thank Ayla Bergen and Joe Speed, two very kind and uh, respected individuals at Sterling Sports Management that helped me connect to Nate Jones uh, to be able to do this interview. And uh, it was a pleasure uh, to talk to both of them and to have to talk to Nate Jones as well and to have him on Wheels for the Core Special. And Ayla and Joe, appreciate your help uh, connecting with me and uh, giving me a chance to do this interview. And to thank Major League Baseball pitcher Nate Jones for taking a chance on Wilson Core Special and giving us the opportunity to uh, have him on the show. And we look forward to talking to each and every one of you in the future as well. I want to thank our youngest ever debut guest appearance in Wilson Core Special history, our second debut guest appearance, Donnie Carlson, uh, who's always and always will be like a little brother to me. And uh, I appreciate him continuing to support the show and uh, hope to have him on again soon as well. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farlow, along with our debut guest appearances, Donnie Carlson and Major League Baseball pitcher Nate Jones, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow and share it with us with the hashtag Will's fifth quarter special. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's fifth quarter special.